This episode is brought to you by Hostfully. Using Hostfully, you can create a free digital guidebook for your listing so that you can save time creating a professional experience for every guest that comes and visits your spot. Learn more at Hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. What's up, guys? This is episode 293 of Get Paid for Your Pad. So I am doing this podcast all by myself. I am in Zanzibar, a beautiful island in Africa. It's a part of a country called Tanzania. And the island is amazing, but the internet's not. And so I'm having a little trouble uh, actually interviewing somebody. Um, That's why also I I missed last last week's uh, podcast episode. But I figured today I, I just do one by myself and I wanted to talk about something that I actually haven't really talked about in the past and that's the topic of Airbnb host fatigue. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it pops up in different searches on Airbnb in Google quite often these, these days. And, you know, it, it, it's basically, you know, it, it, it's about Airbnb hosting is really fun and most people start out, they're, they're super excited. But as they get into it more, it turns out it's a lot of work and then guests aren't always behaving how you want them to behave. And at some point, it can uh, actually become a little bit frustrating, especially if you're not getting the results you want and, you know, if you have some bad experiences. And um, it was actually Angie at, at Smart B&B who pointed this out to me that this topic was uh, was was kind of like uh, kind of hot. A lot of people are talking about it, and um, and she asked me to write a, a post for Smart B&B. I've actually written uh, another post for Smart B&B. Uh, they've started to develop uh, their their blog quite a bit, and they actually have some interesting articles on there. So if you want some cool content, uh, check out Smart B&B. Check out their blog. And you'll be able to find my other articles. Well, I don't know if it's the the one about Airbnb hosting fatigue is already up there, but if not, it'll, it'll be up there soon. But anyway, I I thought about this for a while, and you know, I I definitely experienced this myself. So so what exactly is Airbnb hosting fatigue? What what is it, and and what can you do about it? How can you prevent it? What can you do about it when you experience it? Those are kind of the things that I uh, I wanted to go over. So first, let me share a little bit of my uh, my personal experience, right? So when I started hosting back in 2012 in Amsterdam in my little two-bedroom apartment, I was super, super excited. I mean, I felt so privileged almost that random people from the internet who didn't know me uh, would just go on this website and then book my apartment and maybe spend their only holiday that they have in the whole year um, in my apartment and completely bring their trust and their faith in me as a host. Um, I, I thought it was kind of incredible. And also at the same time, you know, paying me uh, a nice amount of money to, to, to be able to stay at my place. I just thought this was like so incredible. The fact that I would able, be able to stay at my own place and control my calendar and, you know, get paid even more than renting out long term. And also being, you know, keeping full control of my, of my unit. 
uh, which is not the case when you have a long-term renter. I, I really thought this was incredible and I was super excited to be welcoming my, my first guests. I remember I activated my Airbnb listing and when that first booking came in, it was, it was magical. You know, it, it was almost like surreal experience. Um, and I was really wondering, like, are these people actually coming? You know, I remember just waiting in my apartment for the first group of guests to arrive and, and just being, uh, just super excited and, and curious to get to know them and, you know, just thrilled and, and stoked to show them around the neighborhood, but also, of course, my apartment. Uh, it was just, uh, it was just such an incredible experience. And um, I stayed in Amsterdam. I, I stayed at a friend's place nearby for a couple months um, because I, I really wanted to meet all my guests. I, re- I was really curious to to know like who's using this platform, right? Who's doing this, and and where are these people from, and what are they doing in Amsterdam, right? Those are all things that I was so curious about. And you know, the first couple months, I I absolutely loved it. The experience meeting all these people, you know, I would take them out for coffee. I would walk them around the neighborhood. A lot of people I, I really made friends with and I stayed in touch with a lot of them. Now, eventually I, I left Amsterdam. Like I started traveling and, and so I became a remote host, right? I, uh, upgraded, uh, a friend and also who used to clean, uh, my apartment, uh, when I was still living there. And, and I kind of upgraded her to Airbnb manager. And she took care of my apartment for a very long time and she did an amazing job. And so, you know, what I would, would still be doing is, is the communication, right? And managing the listing, you know, making sure that the calendar is up to date, uh, doing the pricing and updating photos and, and all that kind of stuff, right? So, so I was still actively involved in the Airbnb hosting process and I, I was still enjoying it, uh, for, for quite a while. But you know, after a couple of years, it it just became a bit of a chore. You know, like guests are always asking the same questions. You know, they don't read the information that you sent them. And then, you know, I started having some, you know, some like some situations where where guests were kind of complaining about things, especially things that I couldn't really do much about. Like for example, there was like this fish shop near my house. Which is which was awesome because you you know you can buy fresh fish there, but as we all know, this fish doesn't smell very good. So you know, I had people complain about the smell in the street. I mean, I would be like, well, I mean, what do you expect me to do about that? Like, <laughs> you want me to go to the fish store and uh, and sue them or something? So you know, I feel like as as the excitement sort of uh, wears off, and you know, these these little these little issues, these little annoyances start to you know gain the upper hand almost. And you just get a little bit tired and, and you kind of like stop caring a little bit. At least, you know, for me, I, I kind of stopped caring a little bit. You know, I was just thinking like, okay, how can I, how can I automate this? I don't really want to deal with uh, my guests anymore, you know, especially not after I've, I've received some four-star reviews and, and, you know, I, I felt like, okay, I've, I've really improved my offering, but now people are just complaining about these random little things. But anyway... Um, I, I was I was getting a little tired, and I think this is something that happens to to most of us, um, maybe not all of us, but I think a lot of people will kind of get into this uh, this sort of state where um, you just you've lost the excitement, you just you're starting to get a little bit annoyed with your guests, and and so I think they call this uh, Airbnb hosting fatigue. That's that's what it is. It's like an Airbnb burnout, and so. 
Yeah, I remember this time very well. And also my ratings went down a bit just because I stopped caring. Not completely I stopped caring, but at least I didn't care as much anymore. And, and that was also reflected in my ratings. I remember like, you know, re- <clears throat> losing my super host status, um, which was also a result of, of me just charging higher prices. Um, that people were willing to pay, but then the people started rating my place lower um, as lower value, which which makes sense, right? Because you're paying more for the same, um, so the value the value rating should actually drop, I guess. But in any case, I remember this very clearly, and I also remember what I did to kind of get out of it, um, because you know I, I I realized this wasn't a good thing, right? I, I really wanted to be a good host and. You know, part of being a good host is, is caring about your guests and, and, you know, building a relationship with them and making sure that they, you know, that, that they have the best day that they can have. And so I, I remember thinking, okay, how can I, how can I reignite the, the passion for hosting in, in myself? And, and so I think the first thing I did was, you know, I, I just changed things up. Um, I had a look at my listing and I thought, okay, what can I change? You know, how can I do a better job? How can I make improvements? How can I make progress, right? They say progress is happiness, right? And so whenever you make progress, you you feel good about something, right? And so I remember, um, I think this was the time that I, f- I actually found out about Hostly and I created my my first Hostly guidebook that I could then, uh, that I would then uh, distribute to my, to my guests. And I remember that sort of ignited my, my passion again a little bit, you know, just just adding something, just creating something new that that I didn't have before, and then my guests uh, they they really appreciate that this the guidebook as well. So I was getting some positive feedback on it, and and suddenly I just uh, you know I, I just felt more positive about this whole about this whole hosting thing. Uh, started uh, communicating more more with my guests on a more personal level. I think that was the time when I started using WhatsApp as well. I would create WhatsApp groups. Um, and, you know, I send pictures to guests or get on a call with them or send them a little welcome video. And I just started to engage more with them. And as a result, my, my rating started uh, going back up and I, you know, I regained my, my super host status. And yeah, that's, that's how, that's sort of how I got out of it. So I, I wanted to, to share a few other pieces of, of advice. If, if you are in this situation, like what else can you do? Now, something that I had already done. Um, before as sort of as a necessity because of the fact that I was remote hosting. But, you know, I, I feel like a lot of hosts may be taking on a little bit too much work, especially if you have a full-time job and you're trying to do this on the side, on the side with a D. I think there's a lot of things that you could potentially outsource and automate, like things that you are currently doing manually or doing yourself and well somebody else could be doing it so I, i'd say like have a look at what 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 are the what are the activities um, that are part of the airbnb hosting process and which of these activities are you doing yourself which of them could you outsource or automate and these days there's a lot of tools of course i already mentioned smart bnb you know uh, automated messaging automated pricing Task management; these are all things that you can automate these days. And so, I think uh, you know the, the the less time you actually spend working on your Airbnb, the smaller the chance that you get, you're going to get tired of it. Also, you know, hiring people uh, to do the work for you if you're doing your own cleanings, check-ins, you know, or maintenance, like stuff like that. Uh, you can hire people to to do these things for you. 
And that way you make it more manageable as well, especially if you have a full-time job on the site. Remember when travelers used to buy city guidebooks at Barnes and Noble? Those days are long gone. Today, travelers are seeking real authentic experiences, and they're looking to you to provide your local expertise and flavor. Hostfully guidebooks are the best way to do this because the information comes directly from you. To learn more about how you can share your local expertise with guests with our digital guidebook platform, please visit hostfully.com. Another thing that, uh, that can be very frustrating, I already touched on it a little bit, uh, which, is, which is reviews and ratings, right? So I read this article by Seth Porges, who's, who I actually have interviewed on the podcast he writes for Forbes, and he made a really good point. Uh, he talked about the, uh, the review system in, in an article and how there's a discrepancy between you know, what Airbnb thinks the review system is about and what a lot of guests seem to think. So a lot of guests, especially the ones who haven't used Airbnb before, you know, they see a five-star rating and they automatically associate that with the, the rating system that's used in the hotel industry, right? Uh, hotels have different ratings, different stars, Right, the three-star hotel has has to have at least like a you know a number of amenities like you have your own bathroom, a Wi-Fi, air conditioning, or or whatnot, and then a four-star uh, hotel has to have a fitness or something like, or a gym, um, and and so these hotels are ranked based on their the amenities and the luxury and the service that they provide, and so five stars is associated with the Four Seasons, the Ritz Carlton, the Marriott, the Sheraton. Right, these are hotels that provide a very high level of service, that provide a lot of amenities. And so a lot of uh, Airbnb guests who stay at, at an Airbnb, you know, when they're asked to, to rate their stay, that's what, they, that's what they associate these stars with. And so if you have a, you know, a luxury property and you're actually providing all these amenities and this high level of service, then, then you know, you're, you're most likely going to get those five stars. But if you're operating like a budget Airbnb or, or, you know, you're sharing your home with your guests, obviously it's unrealistic to expect that level of service and, and those amenities. And so, you know, even though the, the experience that you're providing for your guests, um, even though this experience could be completely in line with what could be realistically expected uh, from from your guest. In other words, you could be doing everything right, but still get a three or four star review just because your your guests aren't aware of of how Airbnb has uh, meant this review system to work. Because the way Airbnb looks at it, it's it's essentially it's very different, right? Airbnb basically thinks, okay, if if you're not getting five stars, then something's wrong. Right, a four star is essentially, you know, it, it used to be almost a one star, right? I mean, now it's it's different where Airbnb measures like the average, uh, your average rating. Um, but before they they used to just look at percentages, right? They used to say, oh, you need eighty percent five star reviews uh, to be a super host, and 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 so if you get a one star or a four star, it doesn't really matter. So, you know, we used to say a four star is essentially a one star, and. You know, and guests are not aware of that. A lot, of, a lot of guests aren't. Some guests are. And as a host, of course, you can educate your guests and, and kind of let them know that uh, that anything below a five star is is bad for business. But yeah, Airbnb's stance on on these reviews, on these ratings, is 
that you need to be getting five star ratings consistently. And if you're getting a four star, that means there's something, something's missing, something's wrong. And if you actually, uh, if you fall short of the 4.7 average target rating that they set for hosts these days, then, you know, you get, uh, you get emails from Airbnb saying that you have to up your game and you have to improve your listing. And, and so. You know, I think uh, Airbnb is not doing a very good job at explaining and communicating to the guests that the review system should be interpreted this way, right? And that that obviously causes a lot of frustration uh, from from hosts because you know you're you're pouring your heart and soul into this, creating this 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 experience for your guests, and then they leave you a four star review because you know you're not able to match what they're what they're getting at the four seasons uh, and obviously that that's frustrating and you know it it creates some sort of resentment towards towards guests right for some hosts um because obviously you you naturally blame the guest for uh for not giving you a five star review but really it shouldn't be the we shouldn't be blaming the the guests uh, because they they might just not know we should more blame Airbnb for not making it very clear to its users that the review system is that it works this way. So then you know the question the question really is like how can you prevent yourself from getting demotivated from you know from having these experiences or or not just you know getting a four star review or maybe getting a bad review. And I'd say the first thing is to to really understand that you know you're you're not you're, you don't have to be perfect as a host, and also uh, one bad review is not going to kill your business, right? I think the the most important uh, thing to remember is that it's it's not so much about what happens to you; it's more like how do you respond to it that can affect uh, uh, your life or your your, your Airbnb business, but in general in life as well, right? So. You know, I think if you get a bad review and you you respond in a professional way, you you take the feedback serious, even though it uh, you might not think it's reasonable. Um, you don't get defensive, don't argue with your guests in the in the in the response to to the review. Just stay stay professional. Just focus on the facts and uh, and just be polite. I think if you if you respond that way, then uh, a bad review doesn't necessarily need to hurt your your business. Uh, because, uh, in fact, I think responding well to a bad review tells more about the host than the bad review itself, right? Because everybody kind of understands that some people, you know, they're just hard to satisfy, right? Some people just like to complain, right? I mean, I'm not going to get into the, the why, but this is just this, this a fact of life, right? Some people just tend to be negative. And so that that's just something that you have to accept. It's It's part of the business. And you know it's it's not going to kill your 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 Airbnb business, right? I understand for some hosts, you know, especially the ones that are uh, financially dependent on the Airbnb business, you know, getting a bad review can can cause some stress, but um, but it doesn't it really doesn't have to affect your your business very much at all. If you're if you're getting consistently like pretty good uh, ratings and reviews, also you know some people get uh, pretty obsessed over over the super host status. Like I, I get emails sometimes from people who are completely freaking out because they lost their status. Um, honestly, I, I can tell you from my experience and also from what I've seen from from other hosts. Um, yeah, it's nice to have the super host status, um, but it you don't, really don't need it. To, to be successful on Airbnb. 
know, I, I actually thinking back to the time when when I actually lost my status after a couple of years of hosting, I think part of it was because I raised my prices. And so what really happened was that uh, my most profitable period on Airbnb was actually in that period where I didn't have my super host status, but my profit was, uh, was, was really high. Those were my most, most profitable months actually. Um, but as a result, uh, of of losing that status and kind of burning out a little bit, I, I did make a lot of improvements and I started building better relationships with my guests and communicating with them more. And and then as a result, I actually regained that super host status. But I also uh, I also started uh, providing some more amenities like buying buying some more things for my guests as well. So that added some costs. And I, th- I think as a result, my my profit actually ended up being. Uh, a little bit less than what it was while I, while I, I didn't have my super host status. So, so I mean, the point is really, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have all, uh, all only five star reviews. You don't have to be a super host in order to be successful. Um, so, you know, you just don't, I would say, don't worry about it uh, too much. Just focus on, focus on being, uh, being the best host you can be. Focus on making improvements and focus on finding some inspiration, especially in times when you're not really feeling it and you're a little bit frustrated with your guests. You know, try and find some inspiration, try and improve, make some improvement, change things up a little bit. You know, what you, I, I mentioned like creating that, uh, that guidebook kind of, Kind of reignited uh, my my passion for for hosting, but you could also you know go through your reviews and go through your feedback and 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 see if there's anything that you can improve on. Maybe you can invest a little bit in your property and or add some amenities, or you know fo- find some local businesses that you recommend to your guests and see if you can get like a special deal with them. Um, talk to the business owners, let them know that you're sending them customers, and you know these are things that just uh, will lift your spirit a bit, as well as uh, uh, you know, communicating with other hosts. So whether it's on uh, in in the Facebook groups online, although I find that uh, reading all the posts in the Facebook groups is is typically not really that uplifting because eighty percent of the hosts are just kind of venting about their bad experiences. So I, I tend to not read these uh, Facebook posts group groups. Uh, I, t- I tend to not to read them too much. Although you know, I I, I read them. Sometimes just because I, I want to see if there's anything, uh, any like current topics going on and stuff, but that's more for the podcast and, and for my blog, etc. But I think, um, you know, seeing if there's any local meetups in your area, um, find connecting with some Airbnb hosts in your, in your neighborhood. Um, if there is no, uh, no meetups, if you can't find any, like you might be able to find some on Facebook or meetup.com or something. Um, but if you can't find any, like you can, you can start your own meetup, right? Like once a month, you get together with some Airbnb host in, 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 in a cafe and, and just talk Airbnb, you know, share some experiences. I think, um, you know, uh, sharing some, some thoughts with uh, other Airbnb hosts can also bring some relief if you have some, uh, some frustrations with your guests. And then lastly, I think, uh, just, you know, just try and try and shift your focus a little bit. All right. Uh, one thing I learned from Tony Robbins is it's, it's about the questions that you're asking yourself. You know, if you ask empowering questions, then you get empowering answers. But if you ask if you ask questions that uh, if you ask the wrong questions, you can get you can get answers that that kind of like you know bring your mood down. So instead of asking like, oh, why am I getting these crappy guests, or why did the guest steal something, or why did they do this, why did they do that? You could also, you know, ask yourself like, hey, who were some of your favorite guests? What, what were some of your best experiences? You know, what has Airbnb enabled you to do? 
you know, in, and with the income that you're making from Airbnb, how does it change your life? What, what can you do to improve the results? I think these are all questions that you can ask yourself and, and that will kind of uplift um, your, your spirit a bit. And, you know, also kind of realizing that, uh, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? I mean, I've definitely had my moments since, since 2012. It's, you know, it's been like nine years, seven years. Um, I've definitely had moments where I was kind of done with it, you know, but then like, what's the alternative? Right. I mean, yeah, renting out long term has its challenges too. Uh, if you get a bad tenant, then you're stuck with that person for, for months or for years. Uh, whereas if you get a bad Airbnb guest, it's only for uh, a couple, a couple of days or a couple of weeks, you know, everything has its, its, its challenges. It's, it, that's just part of the game. And if you may feel like you, you might want to take a break from hosting sometimes and, and, and maybe you should, maybe you, you, you should take a break, but, um, but just be aware that, uh, you know, the income that you're, that you're then missing out on, like you, you might have to replace that. And what are you going to have to do to replace it? You know, maybe work more hours or, or, you know, do some other activities and, and those have challenges as well. So I think just realizing that, uh, that it, it you know it may seem attractive to to have like a long term tenant or do something else um that those things also have their own challenges so anyway so i you know i i thought it would be helpful to to kind of touch on this uh on, on this subject i've never really talked about it before um and and before i let you go i i wanted to make a few announcements as well there's a couple of things coming up that uh, could be could be interesting first of all i'm doing a webinar on september 6th at uh, 9 a.m. PST, that's 12 a.m. Eastern Time. I'm doing a webinar uh, about communication with with Smart BB actually, and so there's there's a hundred seats. It's uh, if you're listening to this, it's probably going to be tomorrow. It's Friday, September uh, six. So if there's if there's still any uh, seats left, then you can join the webinar. We max it at a hundred people. So go check the show notes on getpaidforyourpad.com. I'll put up a link uh, to to register. And um, also, there's a conference coming up on October 31st in London, in the United Kingdom, that I'm going to be speaking at. I'm going to be in a in, in some sort of panel, and I think they they're gonna they want me to do a presentation on on stage as well. Um, it's a free conference. It's called Host 2019. And it's, uh, there's going to be a lot of people there. Uh, I think there's, uh, there's like 150 speakers or something. Uh, uh, a lot of people from that are pretty well known in the industry. Um, so I think it's, if, you know, it's a, especially if you're in the UK or if you're in Europe, I'd recommend, uh, checking this conference out. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes as well. It's free. So that's always good. You don't have to pay, uh, for attending the conference. Of course, London is not the cheapest uh, city in the world. So accommodation is probably not going to be that cheap. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably host uh, a couple meetups. I'm planning to go a little earlier, a couple days earlier and maybe stay a couple days later. So if you're, if you're going to go, let me know for sure. And, um, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll organize uh, a couple uh, get togethers sort of uh, for anybody who wants to come. So that's host 2019, October 31st in London, UK. Um, I've also been pretty active on my blog on getpaid3pad.com, creating more like new content, but also kind of updating old content as well. I mean, Airbnb is a very dynamic business or short-term rental in general is very dynamic. Like a lot of things change, you know, there's new insights coming up. There's rules and regulations and it's just the Airbnb platform changes. So 
I notice I have a lot of posts that get a lot of traffic, but uh, some of them are, were a little outdated. So I've kind of gone through a bunch of these posts and you know added some new content, changed a, a bunch of things, um, just to make them uh, more up, you know, just to update them and make sure that they're that every all the information in the in the posts is actually valid right now versus a couple of years ago. So. You know, go, go check it out. Get paid for your pet.com. You go to the blog. You'll see that uh, every week I'm, I'm posting a couple new posts and updating a bunch of old ones. And so it'd be, I think it would be useful to, uh, to sort of check those out and, and go through them. All right. So that's, uh, that's it for, for now. I'm flying back, uh, to Barcelona in a couple of days. By the time you listen to this, I'm, I'm, I'm probably already back in Barcelona, actually. So next week we'll have uh, a guest on the show again. So back to, back to normal. And uh, of course, the show notes you can find on getpaidforyourpet.com slash podcast. Um, the show notes for every single podcast. And if you're not on my email list, you can get on my email list as well. And then I send out an email for each podcast. So you will never miss one. So thanks for listening and um, hope to see you next week. Bye-bye. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.